Stewart, founder of Comically Inclined, and your host for this show. And I am Blake Hickman, the digital media director. And uh, Brittany is in Mexico, so she's got her ass in the sand, uh, feet up, drinking, you know, fruity drinks out of coconuts or whatever it is you do in Mexico. I've never been there. Living a better life than we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, she is missing out on uh, hanging out with us in the, uh, the That's studio. That's better than Mexico. And, right, yeah. So, so what's better, you know? Like, arguably, it's... We are. It's Mexico, for sure. Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Katrina Stewart in the chat. Hello, beautiful. That is our art director and my loving wife. The only beautiful person I call in the chat is Ben. Where, where, where's he at? Speaking of Ben, uh, our human resources, our human relations specialist and chat moderator, fact checker extraordinaire Ben should be in the chat uh, soonish, soonishly. Uh, and uh, filling in for some of uh, Brittany's duties tonight, we have our technical director extraordinaire, Heather. Heather, say hi to the folks. Hello. Thank you, Heather. Uh, it Can't is always a pleasure to hear your voice, and you will see some of Heather's face here in a little bit. So we just got from but, back from Chicago. Chicago, freaking amazing. Chicago. This was literally awesome. was my favorite trip to Chicago I've ever made. It was exhausting, exhilarating, enjoyable. Oh. All, the, uh, all in one. The yo in the chat was was Ron. What's up, Ron? So speaking uh, of Chicago, speaking of Chicago, yes. uh, our good friend Ron from Icon Gaming is the one that brought us, yes. uh, and uh, brought us, and we were at the Icon Gaming uh, area, and uh, we got to help out with some mm. of the Smash Bros tournaments. It's I always got, a pleasure working with him. I actually got into a couple games. Now I main Ganon, uh, but I'm not real good and uh right. i was i was working from a deficit because i've never played on a gamecube controller and boy did i get my ass kicked <laughs> uh those guys are insanely good i am not even remotely close oh to they get level. so pumped yeah i mean you i mean literally every time somebody gets punched or knocked out or or going to the next round i mean it's nothing but yelling and screaming dude yeah those the tournaments, excitement is there those tournaments are high energy so yes. if you haven't had a chance to get to one of the fan expos you can come to the one in san francisco with us and hang out with ron and us and uh uh we're gonna be doing our live show there as well like we did in chicago yep. uh we we have uh chuck from chuck load of comics comics to chuck. think for that yeah Chuck's chuck such great. a great guy yeah the chuck the chuck, chuck. Load of comics the only chuck that i care for yeah i mean Man. The number one Chuck. Number one Chuck. Number one Chuck. Oh, Chuck Stewart. Uh, but yeah, we did our show live uh, on on stage at Fan Expo Chicago, which was a blast. Dude, I had Man. so much fun doing that. I, I've never experienced nothing like that in my life. Like, I, I love... It, it, oh, sorry. I no, love no, our, you're good. <laughs> am I? I'm excited. Fuck I, yeah, love I, mean. chat, <laughs> I love our chat. I love our chat audience, but having people sitting right in front of you and and being able to react as you're as yes. you're saying things was it's just entirely different. And people and, you don't even know, and then just to see like how excited they get about things you talk about, or how interactive they get about it. Dude, I'm pretty sure we made some fans for life. Oh, just, yeah. especially just by Chuck. Doing... Chuck's a fan. Yeah, Chuck for sure. Yeah. Chuck said we were hilarious. Chuck which... said we were the funniest people actually on the stage. Yeah, and I don't think we needed our ego stroked at all because we no, already no. believe no. we're exceptional. But yes. uh, otherwise, was... we wouldn't be doing this. It was a blast. Yeah, it was. Oh my god. And uh, John Bernthal, yeah, we, uh, we got to sit through his uh, panel. Yes, uh, a great panel. Seemed John like Bernthal is a legit good family man, a, a darling. That man is amazing. Not only is he a great family man, I mean, from hearing him talk, but also just the way he he thinks of actors and how they treat others, mm -hmm. and and the way they feel like everybody on set should be treated, and what he expects out of people, uh, just really speaks high of who he is. I firmly believe that 
unlike Mike Tyson, John Bernthal has a chance against me in a fight. And you could tell just by how like <laughs> relaxed he was and how he had almost no ego about himself uh, when he was talking that right. that man that man could probably. Brawl. And then he just like casually talked about every bone he broke making the Punisher. He's like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. He just listened to him. Just yeah. a, just a broke list. my hand. Five yeah, times. I asked him about the sledgehammer in season two right. and uh, whether it was real and uh, how many takes it took. And he said that they went through a. Um, they went through different ones. So in some shots, it's a real sledgehammer. In some shots, it's a fake sledgehammer. And he said he had to swing it over and over and over and over again for days on end. Uh, but he said he had a good time doing it. Yeah. So. And we'll, we'll post uh, actually some of his panel tomorrow on our socials. Yeah. Uh, and as you uh, talking to him about the sledgehammer. Yes. And, uh, and also, we have our Patreon-exclusive video of us live on stage in Chicago. That is up on our Patreon. We will have a small preview coming up on the rest of our socials for that. But if you want to see the whole thing, the whole damn thing, uh, subscribe to our Patreon yes. at any level, starting from $5 all the way up to the whole cruel act up level, which is $100 a month. And you have the added bonus of being on the $100 a month level for 12 months. I will tattoo your name on my body. <laughs> and that's legit. I, I really will. For 1200 bucks over 12 months, I will tattoo your name on me. I don't care what your name is. <laughs> No, you don't get to pick the spot. I'm gonna make yeah. a running. I'm gonna make a running list going down my. But arm. you get to pick your name for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> you can pick the spot, and uh, it can be literally anywhere you want, and it can say anything you want. But for how much? For ten grand. Ten oh. grand. Uh, I will sell even on your face. Anywhere. For ten grand. I guess you can only get tattooed and laser removed later. Right, right, right. So <laughs> I, I could get it tattooed, removed, and still be money ahead. Sure. Uh, for ten Very grand. Sure. Ooh, that's a lot of pain from what I hear. Uh, it's all right. Pain <laughs> is life, you know? True. So, uh, man, I'm still – you got me thinking about Chicago. <laughs> Brittany right? was in the chat for like a minute. She's like high and by. <laughs> 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 Back to the beach. Oh, goodness. So uh, you want to hear this week's latest rumors? You know, Blake, how about you tell us about some rumors? Let's fire up the rumor mill. So, uh, this week in Rumor Mill, we got uh, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, who won't be returning in Black Panther 2. He was the one that uh, trained the, the rhinos uh, in Black Panther, but has nothing to do with his character or anything like that. But uh, due to uh, conflicting schedules, they just decided not to put him in uh, the film. Uh, and that just was released this week as well. That's probably because he's been filming Nope. Oh, and, man. Oh, my God. I'm so ready to see Nope, too. Yeah. Like, and, every time I see that come on theaters, like, uh, as the previews of every movie we go see together, uh, I just get so excited. And every time, like, halfway through, I'm like, Nope. <laughs> like, that's, like, the perfect name for that movie. And and I, I, I'm kind of upset because he's such a great actor. Oh, and is. for him to have such a throwaway character. Right. In, in so he also played Black in uh, Get Out, too, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's, and, he's got a few other us. movies. Yeah, us. Well, all of the, I think the Peele yeah, movies. Yeah, he's been he's in all been the Jordan Peele yeah. movies, I believe. Uh, he's he's just a phenomenal actor. Uh, let's see. We also have uh, Madam Webb has begun filming, according to Sydney Sweeney. Uh, she is the actress that is from Euphoria. Uh, she says she can't give no details, and we still don't know who her character is. But uh, she says that uh, on her Instagram this past week that they have finally begun again filming. So, uh, and that's the that's the Spider-Man movie everybody's on you know the edge of their seat waiting right. to watch. It's uh, it sure ain't man. Graven. I just there's so many Madam Web stories I can think of where she was the main character and the hero. Right. 
No, it's uh, Sony. <laughs> they're they're doing anything they can to to hold on to the Spider-Man properties, but honestly, that's let it go, man. Just Jesus. let us let Marvel have it back. You know, I just kind of like gave up 100 percent all hope when I found out that Craven was going to be an animal lover. <laughs> it's it's very counter to his character, and <laughs> like unlike unlike making Iron Fish Chinese, which really is a, a change for the good, or or mm. taking Shang Chi, which was a racist Asian stereotype, and then making it a movie that celebrates Asian culture. Um, this is not that. You don't take a villain and then make them the exact opposite of what they are in order to make them a hero in their show. Right. Uh, you know, it's uh, I don't know. I just it's not a change for the better. I don't think. Yeah, I mean they have the greatest track record, so let's just keep following it. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Alden. Uh, man, I'm probably gonna say this last name wrong. I got you, but uh, I believe in you. Ironric uh, will star in Ironheart. Uh, Is it just Ironreich? Iron. There's a E H R E N R E I C H. So close a- enough. Ironric. I don't know. Aaron-rick? I don't know. But anyways, uh, so he will possibly be, or he will be star- starring in Ironheart, and the rumor is that he will be Obadiah Stane's son. Okay, because they've been really uh, pitching before uh, he was released that he's going to be in it. That they're looking for someone around his age uh, and everything. And Obadiah's son supposedly has been rumored for over well about a year now. So, and that'll be, I don't know. It'll be. It's, so your your options are Obadiah Stane's son or Justin Hammer's son, right? Um, for kind of those legacy villains that, in in the comics, are other people that make armor similar to Iron Man that they kind of bring those other Iron Man suits in that they have to fight against. Um, right. So, I mean, it was it was bound to be that. Something something along those lines, whether it was I one just, of the stains or one of the I mean, do we really need this hammers. quick to see someone from one of these <laughs> enemies and villains that weren't that great? I mean, Obadiah Stain and Justin Hammer are very minute compared to a lot of these other villains that we have. Do we really need to see an offspring be another okay, like, mediocre villain? If they were going up against Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, maybe not. But the idea that these villains... This kid that's in a suit, I guess. These villains that were firmly defeated by Tony Stark waited for him to die, and now their children are rearing their ugly heads. Right. Um, I think that, you know, the, the idea that, like, they think it's safe to come out and uh, wander back out into the weapons manufacturing scene, and then for a new Iron Man to show up and and put him back in their place, I think that that makes for a good story. Okay, fair enough. That makes sense. And plus, I mean, Taylor you know, Burton, what up? Like too over OP. I mean, for a kid just learning how you know a te- technological suit, uh, that doesn't make really sense. And so. you may have had. Um, you may have had this in your rumor mill, but um, they've released images of Ironheart's first armor. Uh, uh-huh. It's kind of a cobbled together armor, similar to Tony Stark's Mark uh, One. It's not in my rumor mill, but I did see that uh, a couple weeks ago, and it actually is like in the shape of a heart too. Yeah, um, where you see the the power source. Yeah, she's got a she's got her own arc reactor, and it's in a different shape than Tony's. So she's actually created her own arc reactor technology, and uh, and and. So she won't just be ripping off the Tony Stark arc reactors. Right. She's she's come up with her own. Nice. So on to the next thing. We uh, Haley Steinfeld is rumored to appear in Ant Man: Quantumania. That'd be cool. Uh, I w- I would love to see a lot of these characters from Disney Plus. 
uh, see a, more of a collaboration. Let let it be like a midpoint. Don't let it be you know an Avengers level, obviously you know movie. But uh, I, I would love to see a little bit more of a collaboration of some of these Disney Plus characters we've seen, uh, the ones we've been building up to, getting their backstories. Let's at least. I mean, a little bit, not not all through the movie, but I, I would love to see them on the big screen and let's just be a little ease into that. It, so what would be really cool is with Quantumania. So we know that um, your mom is an arc reactor. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what would be cool is with the uh, with the inclusion of hawkeye the younger hawkeye the young Mm. avengers version of hawkeye and we know that cassie lang has been recast for ant-man 3 quantumania that is two of the five young avengers right it is entirely possible that one of the kangs we get is the iron lad Mm -hmm. because we know kang the conqueror i I want to see that i mean we we we, i know we've been teasing loki that you know oh you should see all my other variants but like that's one that they really, if they didn't want to show them, they could. They, they don't have to. But that's one I really want to see. I want to see all these bad variants of Kang. But then I want to see that one good one. And he, even if he gets killed you know, within a movie or so, that's fine. But let, let's bring in that one good variant of Kang where we see Iron Lad. And even if he fails, that's okay. Let's, let's, let's see it. So we played with time travel a little bit because of the Quantum Realm in right. uh, Endgame. And it's entirely possible that we play with time travel again in Quantumania because they're playing in the quantum realm. Right. Um, the fact that King the Conqueror is the villain means that you're inherently going to have some time hijinks. There's no way that you're not. Sure. We, like I said, already have two of the five uh, young young Avengers showing up. Um, it is it is totally possible that for whatever reason we get the whole team in mm-hmm. Quantumania and we get the Iron Lad King. In Quantumania, and that them. is the launch of this Young Avengers next phase of the MCU that we're we're working up to for uh, Secret Wars. I mean, I, I, I think that's the thing, you know, once you just mentioned, you know, we're working up to so much. And, and I think people's patience, speaking of that uh, topic, people's patience are getting worth thin. People are starting to doubt Papa Feige and where the MCU is going but, uh, man, I, I still have strong faith in it. I feel like you feel the same. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, just, you know, new backstories. Getting these new backstories, working up to so much. And I, and I think a lot of people have been so pumped up over the last half decade of what we've got from the MCU that they're forgetting where we started out at. These story arcs, these new characters. I mean, yeah. Thor 1, Iron Man 1. Uh, I mean, they weren't just gung ho, gung ho, gung ho. I mean, yeah, they weren't a Disney Plus show, but don't don't even consider Disney Plus shows close to what the cinema is. I mean, literally, be thankful that we are getting three times as much MCU a year than what we were. I mean, just to get these story arcs, so we're not wasting these story arcs in these big cinema movies. Uh, I think people are losing their vision and losing their faith in a lot of things, and. and I don't know. I, th- I think it's still go- good, and I-, I think it's going to be great once we get to the bigger picture and where all this is leading to. Well, I think another big thing is that it's it's really easy to look back on that and only see it in the scope of Infinity War and Endgame and maybe still oh, War. Oh, yeah. But well, that rush is still in us, you know. Rewatch them. Iron Man 1, kind of boring. Iron Man 2, not great. Iron Man 3, completely missable. I love Iron Man 1. It's not... Pumped, excited through the whole thing, but I feel like it was really Captain America: First Avenger. I boring, 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 boring. 
It is. It's. I remember watching it and thinking, man, that was that was. I watch it once a week. So yeah, you don't. You don't. Um, But uh, I remember watching it and thinking, man, that's boring. Now looking back on it now and seeing that it's leading to the broader MCU, I I get it and it makes a little more sense and it's not as bad. But I remember seeing it in theater and being like, man, that was it. And uh, no, you're right. And and so same thing. Thor one, Thor two. The first Thor movie is not good. Dude, oh my god. It's and not. Too much blonde. Yeah. The first Thor movie's not good. It's yes. boring. He isn't Thor till almost the end of the movie. Thor 2, um, critically panned as one of the worst MCU films ever. Um, so we don't really get good MCU until Phase 2. And we got Winter Soldier. When yes. we got, you know... Some By of far, better. that's my yeah. favorite Guardians movie. of the Galaxy. Winter Soldier is so amazing. And, and it's really easy to look at where we're at with the MCU now and be like, well, why aren't these movies um, why aren't these movies more exciting? Right. Or why aren't these TV shows more exciting? Well, we're at a setup phase. Yeah, I mean, just like in the comics. You had setup phases in the comics. Yes, you didn't, always. You didn't have these large in-game things once, once you, hit, you hit one in the comics. And I'm speaking from not having experience in the comics. Like, I even know this. Like, you don't have these large in-game uh, stories once you hit the first one. Bam, 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 the rest of the time. I mean, you have to have build-ups. Otherwise, what's the point of these in-game uh, plots if you don't have build-ups for them? You're taking away from the energy, the emotion, the, the I mean, everything, if you don't have build-ups to them. Yeah. And what we, and, and like you said, in comics, there's so many times that you have to read, like, four or five issues of just setup before you get to the good stuff in the comics. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean comics aren't worth reading. It's just it's something as a comic book fan you know you're strapping in for right. every single story arc. They very rarely kick off and stay that exciting from beginning to end, with maybe the exception of uh, Immortal Hulk and and, and some other, like uh, Invincible really doesn't ever slow down. Um, but, you know, that's, that's also a, a comic that went like 130 issues. It didn't go like 70 years, right. you know? Um, and here we are expecting like two or three movies and you know yeah. I think Multiverse of Madness um, if you're looking at it as being the greatest movie that the MCU has ever made you're wrong It's not, and it's not going to be right. looking at it, it as meant a to be. fun movie where somebody played Doctor Strange and kind of lived in the Doctor Strange world yeah it's great if you're a Doctor Strange fan perfect right you know it was a Doctor Strange story it's what you open the comics to read it's not going to be for everyone yep. um, same thing with the new Thor movie Thor is inherently silly. Thor is inherently a Ooh. silly character in the comics. That's kind of what they always play on in the comics. It's a it's a, a mix of goofy, mm. outworldly stuff because he doesn't fit into the main like America, right? Um, and then kind he of don't that fit mix into Missouri, celestial <laughs> and and uh, godly and right. and human storylines. And so when you go to watch a Thor movie, if you're expecting it to be Shakespeare. You're going to be sadly disappointed. If you're expecting it to be a great comedy, right. you're not just going to get comedy. I mean, the closest thing to Shakespeare and Thor you're going to get is when they're doing the role play on, <laughs> on the theater. I mean, and that's maybe two minutes of the movie. So that's... Hi, Ben. Ben says Love and Thunder is trash. That's fine. Uh, th- that is your opinion. I disagree. I actually really, really enjoyed Love and Thunder. Um, I have some issues with it. Mainly gore. Gore is my biggest issue with the film. Um, but that, that doesn't mean it isn't good. I enjoyed the Thor stuff, and that's what I sit in the theater yeah. to watch. I guess we can get to that after a real, can we? Yeah, talk, for talk sure. more about that. Because I was about to go into the whole thing about that. <laughs> I had to catch myself. Uh, uh, Taylor Burton says Cap 1 is boring. Winter Soldier is outstanding cinema. And I could not agree more. Uh, Winter Soldier is my favorite MCU it, it, film. Hey, I, yeah, honestly, I mean, it's not my favorite, but it's like number two. Man, Endgame was so good. 
Uh, I mean, Winter Soldier did not bring the emotions out out of me like Endgame did, but I would have to say Winter Soldier is number two in Endgame being one. It's just so well done. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. Uh, so, on to the next thing. Ryan Gosling is rumored to play Nova. Uh, people are speculating that he, this is true, and, you know, he's telling people, no, it's not true, no, it's not true, but we know, the, ru- we know the routine. He probably, I can see him playing Nova, to be honest with you. Uh, but he wants to throw out there, you know, if Marvel was to come to me, then, yeah, uh, I would love to play Ghost Rider. And uh, even though he's not your typical Ghost Rider look, I feel like he could pull that off. But I think this is literally just a, a one-off trying to detour us from him actually probably being Nova. I I don't see them casting Ryan Gosling as a character that's well, going to have his head on fire. It's hard to see movie. Ryan Gosling as Ghost Rider since we've seen all these released pics of him playing Ken on the new Barbie movie. <laughs> but... <laughs> but uh, I mean, I feel like he's a pretty versatile actor. Uh, I think the man... Uh, should get more credit than what he gets. I mean, I, he's done a lot of great films. So, uh, but like, I think he'd be a great Nova. I, I could I picture him as Nova. I would say seeing him playing Ken in the Barbie movie really leans into the idea of him playing a character named Dick Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, Mike says Endgame was way too long. Uh, Fuck you. Or frack you, Mike. Uh, Mike, I also have something that's way too long for you. Uh, but no, I, uh, I think they put me and Danny together. We're way too long for you, Mike. <laughs> yeah. We'd be like 12 foot tall. Um, <laughs> it's just, which is definitely what you meant. Uh, um, but I, I think, uh, end game was perfect. I don't, I don't think it needed to be see a second a, comment? A, an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. I, um, no, I, absolutely not. I it needed to be two more, two hours longer than you know, it was. I'm just gonna say, Mike. Last week, I let it go. I let it slide. Comments that were made, let it slide. This week, you're really pushing the buttons. <laughs> so, he clearly cares more about MCU than he does about Lord of the Rings uh, and Star Wars. Ben says he did a great Nova in Driver. Uh, he's I love Driver. That's a I, great movie. That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Is it really? Mike says he can take it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> big shoes to fill there, bud. Anyways, uh, so uh, goat screaming on uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, which we'll get into more later. But a little fun fact about that: the goats were originally not to be screaming. Taco Atiti said he seen a Taylor Swift meme <laughs> with a goat in the background screaming out. And literally, that just gave him a spur-of-the-moment idea to make this goat scream obnoxiously throughout the whole movie. So, that's where that... Oh, my God. I don't even think about that. But it's yeah. hilarious. I love hearing the goat scream, to be honest with you. I, I know that I saw some stuff where they were somebody was like, they went too far with the goat screaming. I It never really got old to me. I kind of thought it was funny the whole time. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But uh, then, uh, last but not least, we have... a. Uh, Julius Oak, uh, which is the director over the Cloverfield movies, uh, he has now been pr- uh, announced to be directing the new Captain America 4 movie with Sam. So we now have a director for that film. Oh, cool. So uh, I'm glad they're moving forward, forward with it. Yes. Um, I think that we need to get... Uh, oh, yeah, Mike. We, nobody will forget that you trashed Hamilton last week. Um, <laughs> I think that it's it's time. I think that... I do, too. Uh uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier's ending left something to be want, uh, uh, left me wanting more. Not Falcon not wanting and the more. I think it could have been a lot better. Huh? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They changed the name to Captain America and the Winter Soldier at uh-uh. the end of the show. 
Oh, yeah, at the end of the show. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because Sam You're is, right. the, is yep. the Captain America. Yep. He's not. Speaking of which, in Chicago, we've seen a badass cosplay as uh, Sam as Cap. Yeah. That we got pictures with on our socials. Yeah. That Falcon, uh, that Falcon cosplay was really good. Yeah, uh, but he is actually he's, he had the cap, uh, Falcon cap suit. Uh, he didn't have the uh, booster, but he's actually working on that. You know, man, I, I can't wait to see that. Like, right? His, his suit looked amazing. I'm excited about that. But uh, yeah, that's this week on Rumor Mill. These rumors have been milled. Those cards are expensive. You think you can just stop slinging them everywhere? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I can't. I'm out. So <laughs> I'll have to make some more. <laughs> wow. So uh, we did go uh, Thursday night, opening night for Thor: Love and Thunder, and we watched we? the movie. Uh, we did <laughs> as a team. We all went to the Rosemont AMC uh, just down the street from the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center, where Fan mm-hmm. Expo Chicago was held. It's beautiful inside there, actually. It's uh, very nice theater. Um, they had they were sold out of almost everything when we got there. I was worried yeah, I wasn't yeah. going to get to eat because I had not eaten all day. Um, but anyway, theater was great, uh, and one of the funniest things for the start of the movie, we all sit down, and the movie launches, and the uh, curtains retract. The curtains retracted on the sides and made the screen bigger, <laughs> and in a line down the seats of us, I, I just keep hearing, oh, the screen got bigger, 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 and I was like, wow, did you guys come here from Missouri, or... <laughs> We don't have that shit yet back home. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Uh, uh, Katrina, to answer your question, the Facebook chats are not loading, but they'll they'll pop up eventually. Um, but I can I can see them. Um, but yeah, so we saw Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, Blake fell asleep maybe two minutes into the movie. Nope, eight minutes. Eight minutes into the film, yep. Blake was asleep. Katrina made it about halfway before she passed out. Oh, it, and it's not because the movie was awful. I was just tired. Yeah. I, I'd ate, ate some wings, ate some fries. It was a long day at the con. We had been going all day long. Yeah. And uh, we got up at 5 a.m., headed to Chicago, got hit the ground running, got into the con, set everything up, and, uh, and uh, you know, it was a long day. So I totally get that you passed out. We we got into the movie. The, the movie was at 1020. We got in there. You get a half hour of trailers, so right. al- almost 11 o'clock the movie starts. So you figure it was almost midnight. You'd been you've been going for a long, long time. I mean, I know you've point. been going the same amount of time, but, <laughs> but I just I don't know. We, well, yeah, we, we know I'm, me. <laughs> well, it's like with age, people fall asleep earlier and earlier. Yeah, it's true. But I did go see it last night, and I did not miss a wink of it. Good. <laughs> yep. So uh, I don't know. You you want to talk about it? Yeah, let's talk about it. So. Uh, spoilers if you've yeah. not seen Thor Love and Thunder um, if Exit you are hung up about spoilers run away now uh, come back in about 10 minutes and yeah Mike you have chat to yourself on the screen but uh it was good I feel like there was uh, a few things that could have been done differently or there was a little too much of like you were talking of about gore there was not enough gore not enough of the real gore that we we, uh, we know from the comics uh but also, man, like there, there's a big thing about uh, Millionaire and Stormbreaker, the big jealousy thing. Like they have their own minds, and that was just too much for me. That I, that was just, I don't know, man. I love Taika Waititi. I love his comedy. Uh, 
But that was just too much. Malnourished. Malnourished said, I don't need you to spoil Thor for me. The movie did that. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. God. Mal, we always miss you when you're not in the comments. Thank you for thank you for being here. Um the so here's my issues. Gore wasn't gore. Um, I didn't even realize this until I saw some other videos talking about it, but you don't actually see Gore kill any gods on screen other than one. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's supposed to kill like 1,500 on that hologram. 1,648, I yeah. think is the number. And the uh, – so so that's a little disappointing. I also think that if it had been another villain without Gore's name, it had been good. We wouldn't have thought about it in those terms, but it supposedly being Gore from the comics and him being nothing like Gore from the comics, it just wasn't great. And and we had another one of those like cardinal movie sins where he was like Gore for a week instead of all time and being, yeah. you know, in the I mean comics, literally he it was fights, two weeks max. In the comics he's killing gods for a very, very, very long time. He fights young Thor, he fights normal Thor, and he fights Thor at the end of time, the All-Father Thor, and those are all different points in Gore's timeline as well, and he's just still a problem right. in those three different spaces throughout time, and in the movie, he's he's killing gods for, like, a week. And here's like, great, five days. And here's the thing, like, what, what little bit of screen time Christian Bale did have, did phenomenal acting. I mean, we didn't get to see all sides of Gore that we wanted to see, but the sides that we did get to see, I mean, Christian Bale crushed the acting on it. I mean, he was a... I mean, he, he literally, I mean, scary villain. Scary villain. Not as scary as we should have got. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he did crush the acting part. We just didn't get enough and, and all the way around as much as we should have. So some of my major complaints, the Necro Sword was nothing. Oh, it could have been any sword. It bro. literally did not matter what it was. It could pierce a god, that's it. Yeah. I mean. The, the Necro Sword's powers were non-existent. Uh, the, like, he kept shoving it in the planets and in the ground. Like, it was, you know, oh, it really shadows. Yes. I mean. That was it. it. It summoned an army for him, I guess, is the, the main function of the Necro but hell, the sword. sword but... If you looked at the sword, it didn't even look like you could summon a shadow army. I mean, it was just a metal sword. Yeah. So it was a sword with the power to kill gods, and it could summon a dark CGI army. That was the whole abilities of a Necro Sword. So yeah. in the comics, the Necro Sword is a symbiote, and it gives Gore the ability to fly through space and keeps him from dying and makes him functionally eternal. He can't mm-hmm. die. Uh, because of the Necro Sword, and and even whenever he is killed in the comics, uh, spoilers, he comes back because he's part of the Necro Sword and he can't be destroyed. Right. Um. And that and that wasn't the threat we got. The threat we got was that he can go into the Shadow Realm, and his sword kills gods, and he can summon a CGI army. Now, secondly, in the scene where Sif shows up. There's a bunch of dead gods on the ground. He'd been killing a lot of them. He had like a whole battle there, right? Mm-hmm. In the scene where they're attacking New Asgard and the two Thors and Valkyrie are there, his army does almost nothing. Right. It, you don't see it kill how did he kill all a them? single person. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Asgardians are, you know, one of the stronger in, I don't, I don't well, know. I mean, there were Asgardians there. Well, that army wasn't dangerous at all. Right. Like, there was no viable threat there. Like when you when you think about Infinity War, while Thanos's army in Wakanda was like this faceless CGI monster army, mm-hmm. whenever they were all piling their bodies up against the shields as a way to like get through it, that was terrifying. It was like right. World War Z when the zombies are killing themselves to climb the wall. Like it's it, that's terrifying. In this, 
They were throwaway. They I don't ever remember. I, I literally forgot he had an army until we were just talking about what the sword <laughs> did. Um, they're they're yeah. so throwaway that there's well, no well, danger well, represented the, by that army. And the other thing was that, like, he was so gung ho on killing guys, so gung ho on killing you know killing Thor and getting Stormbreaker, and then at the very end, you know, when he's in front of Infinity. Uh, and he realizes that he's dying or whatever. And it's just like, oh, okay, I've been trying to kill you this whole time and take your your axe, take care of my daughter. That that simple, that quick, that easy. I mean, like into a person you've been trying to kill this whole time. I mean, there was not even I don't know. Uh, Mike said, if someone said a dude was walking around with a sword that killed gods, I'd still be worried. I think. Yeah, I I would be too. I guess, but it just didn't seem that dangerous. Um, but. The so that 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 storyline also, Eternity is supposed to grant one wish, right? Right. And he wishes for his daughter to be alive again. Right. But instead, Eternity turns into his daughter. Yeah, so still just you see the reflection of Eternity inside his daughter. It's, so it's not his daughter. It's right. just Eternity In looking the body like his daughter. Of his daughter. I don't what? Get that. <laughs> I don't know. Now and, and like he sacrificed thing. his life for that, and got he didn't get what he wanted back. And once again, the whole Stormbreaker thing. I know I keep I know I said that while ago, but like, oh, he pours a beer on Stormbreaker. Like it's time for your first <laughs> beer. I think. I mean, oh my god! Hey, the Facebook chats are back. <laughs> I mean, how? Huh. Uh, but I mean, it was fun. It was funny. Uh, like I said, Ragnarok to me. Was the perfect amount of comedy and seriousness, but with a good storyline, not getting too far off of it. Uh, man, Ragnarok was just perfect to me. Yeah. And this was just a little too much. If you look at them as one movie, I actually think it's not bad. If it's just a continuation of Ragnarok. But but whole... Ragnarok happened before Infinity War and Endgame. Right. And then here we are after Endgame, knowing everything he's been through and what he's gone through and how serious everything is. And even with him being fat, Thor, they still made you... I mean, made it a good movie. Yeah. Uh, and then here we are with this. But like you said, uh, one, you want to talk about, uh, you know, no matter how silly he may have been or no matter what he said, how respectful how respected he still yeah, was. The, all of the characters, like, I think in the trailers, it was played kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy were making a joke out of Thor, but if you, when you watch the movie, that's not the case. Right. He has full respect of every single member of that team. Except Star-Lord. He is one of them. Except for what? Star-Lord. No, I'd say... Even well, he has had, some kind of uh, respect. Was, he just wanted to get the fuck away from him. Because <laughs> he's giving him advice in the end, but not like advice like, you're bothering me, leave me alone, I this is us leaving right. you. It's like... Um, this I care about you, and I want you to find the kind of thing I found in my life. You know, that's like that's advice coming from a friend, not from somebody right. who's like aggravated that sure. he exists. Um, and I think that that was all done really well. I think that Thor commanded the respect he deserved. Like when they they're in this fight and they can't handle it, and they're all getting their butts kicked, and then they're like, "Thor, will you please come fight?" And he just destroys everyone, and then he's like, good job, team. Yeah. This we was really... a collective effort. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I, I, a... I do like how we found out how Korg's race, uh, how babies are created now. Yeah. You know, holding hands over lava, for, and after a while, it forms a baby. It forms a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I also love meeting Korg's husband at the end. Yeah. yeah. Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne. Uh, I was, somebody the told mustache me that, man. Somebody told me that they really felt like Korg had no place in this movie. Like they could have left him out about halfway in. He didn't really. I love Korg. Korg yeah. I, I love I'm his character. It. Like it, it kind of upset me that he was just a face. 
But it's good to know towards the end his body grew back yeah, or whatever. His whole body back. Yeah. Um, but uh, I nourished. If someone told me Christian Bale was walking around, I'd be scared. Yeah. Just as long as you, <laughs> as long as you don't get in his shot, you know. Yeah. He'll rip your lights. He will kill you. Yeah. He'll rip all your lights down. Uh, but uh, I did like Valkyrie's character. Only only thing I was a little, like reluctant of what they did was Valkyrie was <laughs> or, or some of her clothing towards the beginning. But uh, I, I just love Valkyrie's character. That's another She's thing. Great. Uh, they they played through the trailer. They made it look like Valkyrie was just over being king of Asgard. At no point in the movie does she say she's tired of being king. No, she actually no. does. She tells Jane at one point she loves being king of Asgard. I, I, I didn't like the whole Old Spice commercial and then the... I'm like, because Valkyrie's a very serious character with sarcasm. Yes. You know, uh, and I just feel like they really took away from her. Yeah. Did, have you seen the, the Luke Hemsworth Old Spice commercial where he's doing an Old, Sky, yes, old yes, Spice yes, commercial yes, yes, as that's actually I played color. it in theaters, actually. Yeah. yeah. That's really funny. I enjoyed that. I, I like all that stuff they do. Yeah. And then you get a uh, what's-her-face playing Hella in the theater on there. That was great. <laughs> Taylor Burton, you know what? I'm still really effing upset because guess what? Still no Beta Ray. <laughs> this is true. Dude. I'm ready for Beta Ray. The oh whole time I was ex- I was waiting on Beta Ray Bill to show yes. up. And, and even the post-credit scenes, knowing there was two of them, I was like... I would pick him any day over Hercules. I, I'm really excited about the Hercules we're getting. I, I love that actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Roy Kent from uh, Ted Lasso. I love him in Ted Lasso, and I'm really excited about having him as Hercules in the MCU, and I think that's going to be really great. Yeah, was, uh, Russell Crowe played a, played a pretty good douchey zoo, didn't he? He was a great Zeus. Yeah. It was, he I was mean, exactly he fit the, he fit the character perfectly. Yeah. He's always, always concerned about the orgy. <laughs> exactly. You know, whenever you have stories where, like, uh, you know, Zeus turns into a goose to have sex with a bird and stuff like that, <laughs> just like... The the stuff that that Zeus does in the the actual um, Greek mythology like this this was very much the Zeus that you know of, of legend. And what was cool? What, what was the place they went to with all the gods there? What was it called? Uh, that was uh, 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 starts with the E or something, I think. Or no, it is, it is uh, Omnipotent City. Yes, um, yes, yeah. Uh, so like, what's really cool, and if you want to go through them all and kind of get educated on everybody was there, there was over fifty gods there. Uh, New Rockstars actually has a video where you can go through and get all 50 gods that was in there and what they represent and their power, skill, and all that. And uh, that that was really impressive, how many that they put in there. Uh, you know, and they mentioned Raw, which is cool because, you know, that kind of ties into the Moon Knight gods. And, so, and Bast, the Panther god. Yeah, Bast. But here's the crazy who's, thing. Who's all these gods and their Anshu's characters. Sister. Here's the crazy thing. All these gods and their actors are actually credited at the end. Bass is the only one that's not credited. Really? Only person. The actress that plays her, not credited. Only one out of all of them that you see, which is kind of weird. That's no love for Bass there. I, I know. And so people are like, you know what? Bass is still my god. But uh, like, it, it's crazy. It don't, make, don't even make what sense. A weird, what a weird thing to do with, right? uh, with Wakanda forever coming up right around the corner. I know. Um, also, uh, Taylor Burton, my quick theory, next Thor movie, Thor will need help from a superior fighter than him to beat Herc, and we'll finally get Beta Ray. I know that they've been trying to include Beta Ray in a Thor film, and he was supposed to be in Ragnarok, and now he hasn't been in the last two, so I have to feel like they they maybe have decided to take a step back from Beta Ray. And well, it's going to be a lot of money in CGI, too, to make that good. I mean, we had Korg through the whole movie. But that, but, but Beta Ray's got to be better CGI than Korg. I mean... It's probably a little easier to do Beta Ray than to animate rocks, like tiny little rocks. 
and making a whole body. But Maybe. I mean, that's the great thing about Korg is they can just change his color and then they've got the thing model already created. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. I I need to watch it a couple more times, like I do all the Marvel movies. I'll yeah. go see. It, I'm sure this weekend again. And uh, I think that uh, with us getting Hercules in the next Thor movie, that the two that Thor and Hercules are going to strike up a pretty decent rivalry, which is what we're talking about on our top five this week. Our top five rivalries. Very good. <laughs> Welcome to Top 5. This week we are talking about our Top 5 Rivalries. Now this can be from any form of pop culture, uh, whether it's a fantasy film, fantasy movie, video game, TV series, comic book, um, movie, anything. Yep. Um, so, Blake, would you like to kick us off with your oh, man. number 5? My number 5, I, I, I love this rivalry, and I tried to figure out if I needed to make it number 1 or number 5. And, and uh, this is a great grand movie that came out. 15 years ago. I don't know if you've seen this epic movie, but it's called Blades of Glory. And it's Chaz Michael Michaels versus Jimmy McElroy. <laughs> uh, Man, them two are the greatest rivals. Like, I, to this day, love that movie and love them going back and forth just trying to destroy each other. And then at the end, they find out the key is just to work together and they're the best ice skating team ever. So they turn out from the greatest rivalry to the greatest duo. That movie, that movie gave me one of my favorite quotes of all time. Uh, you know, when I'm walking around with my shirt on, I'll just be like, "This is what an athlete's body looks like." Because <laughs> you know, uh, I'm in roughly the same shape as Will Ferrell. And, in that and, and that's where we all find out you you have to sing Fergie while you're on the treadmill. No, you you have to. Yep. Yeah. That, that's a, that is what keeps the pace going and keeps keeps it up. What does it mean? No one knows. Yeah. <laughs> Heather, what do we have in chat? Ben's number five is JD versus the janitor in Scrubs. Yes, a a rivalry for the ages, uh, and that that went all eight seasons of Scrubs. Um, uh, one of my favorite ones is whenever uh, Turk pay, uh, goes around pressing handprints all along the hallway walls, and then he's in the middle of a conversation with the janitor, and he leans over and puts his hand on the wall, and it matches perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> and the janitor's like, "That was a very poor hand placement." <laughs> Taylor's number five is comic and nerd films and TV versus the fans. Dude, I'm feeling that one right now. It's uh, it's been uh, I'm 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 trying to honestly remain happy and optimistic with what the MCU is doing. But Phase Four, even for me, as much as I love uh, Marvel movies, has been a slog. Like it's every 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 MCU TV show I get really excited for, and then by episode five, I'm just like, God, I hope this last episode is gonna be good. Um, uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. It was hyped to be much bigger than it actually ended up being. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it, but it's not like, not like Far From Home um, or No Way Home. You know that that was uh, what. You don't think it was good at all? No, 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 no. no. I, I actually, I'm gonna be honest with you. I enjoyed uh, Multiverse of Madness equally as No Way Home. Yeah. Okay. I, I really did. But that, that's what I'm saying. We're all so divided on what yeah. whether the these MCU movies are quality. And I and pumped the, up No Way Home to be bigger than what I expected it to be. Yeah. So I was a little let down. No Way Home, to be honest with you. I know that by the end of No Way Home, I was not ready for the movie to be over. I oh, just wanted no. a little more movie. Yes. And I didn't necessarily feel that way with Multiverse of Madness. I was like, oh, okay, that's over. Cool. Well, I did. Well, but thing about Multiverse of Madness, I just wanted more multiverse, which everybody, because of the name, everybody expected to be 
the big multiversal movie. When, in all honesty, we didn't. We assumed when we shouldn't have, and it's actually just the introduction into the multiverse. Yeah, we did fan cast about a thousand extra characters. This is true. They, when they didn't show up, you know that you, you can only get so much. Um, Katrina's number five is Finn versus the Ice King. That is a that is both a fun and sad and exciting and hurtful uh, rivalry. Time? Yes, yeah. because every you know at first it's like ha 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 this guy's an idiot, and then like you get further <laughs> into it and you're like oh my god, yeah. poor Simon, um, and then by the end you're just like well, this is fun, <laughs> but it's all the feels. It just it just hits me in the heart. Ben's number five is Splinter versus Shredder. Uh, classic. Yes, that Very is a classic. fight for the ages. Now, uh, Blake had an amazing punk or <laughs> metal. Heavy metal. Heavy metal Raphael costume that he wore to uh, Fan Expo. And I normally, and I was a little jealous. I got to be honest with you. I was a little <laughs> jealous. Normally, when we go to these cons and we, we do photo ops with people, people want photos with me. And then Blake's like, well, do you want me in it too? And they're like, yeah, you can get in there. Uh, for this one, people were on Blake. Like he couldn't go ten feet without having to take a photo op. Like I got bored of like watching him take pictures of people and had to go do something. It was, it was nuts. Like that cosplay was phenomenal, and he surprised me with it. So I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan. Have been my whole life. Um, Michelangelo is my favorite, and Blake told me he had a secret cosplay, and I spent like three days trying to figure out what it was because we were there on Thursday and he did it on Saturday, and I was like grilling everybody. He's like, "So, Blake, oh, yeah, I'm really excited about this cosplay Blake's doing." And everybody was like, "Me too," and I was like, "Yeah, it's uh, this," and they were like, "Oh, uh, Blake kept doing this to me." I'd be like, "Is it this?" He'd be like, "Ah, oh, you figured it out." He did it to me like three times, and uh, and and last day I was like, "Oh man, it's awesome!" Blake's doing an Iron Man cosplay, and everybody's like, "Yeah, it's crazy, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I figured it out." And then he walks up to me dressed as Raphael, and I was like, "He walks up to me and he's like, hi. and I was like, "What's up, man? Oh, I love this costume." And then I realized it's Blake under there, and and I was blown away. As a, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Kyle Curry actually made this cosplay. It's his, and he was a. Uh, uh, gracious enough to let me borrow it and I just I knew how much he loved Ninja Turtles and that was a big thing and I'm gonna be honest with you I expected to borrow it just like kind of wanted to you know make you happy and I feel like everybody would love it and then like after wearing it though man oh I'm so re- we, we need to do some Ninja Turtle cosplay dude I'm down like I'm down I don't want to like I love the heavy metal thing but there's so many versions of them but I would love to find a good cosplay to do just the, the 90s movie shells legs regular feet and everything but uh Man, it was an experience. I mean, our cosplays, we, we always get over 150 pictures usually, you know, yeah. when we cosplay. Uh, but just the, the the reaction of the people just blew me away. How many people? <laughs> it's a classic, I guess. But Yeah, it was awesome. It was so fun. And I was I was totally joking about people wanting to take pics with me more than Blake. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I was super jealous how much they wanted to take pictures with him. But speaking of which, you're Batman, though. Dude. Freaking Batman. And on top of that, Danny didn't just do Batman. He, like, 3D printed his helmet custom, okay? Well, then he customly made his, his outfit and suit and cape. But not only did he customly make it, but it was actually fucking bulletproof material and knife material that you could not stab through on top of that. So, I mean, he was ready straight up to fight somebody. I, I did. I made a, a full-on tactical Batman costume that is ready for the streets. Like, I could I could actually fight crime in this thing. And, uh, and you know, I'm not a small man, so I. what's funny is... I wore that the same. This is why I was so jealous. I wore that the same day that Blake wore his his uh, Raphael costume, and uh, I was so intimidating that people wouldn't ask me for pictures. 
<laughs> they would look at me and then just walk away. Well, I don't want to mess with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he might there was, kill me. There were several <laughs> other Batman on the floor and smaller than me for starters. Oh, yeah. No, nobody you, about you, my You were the largest Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and just walking on the floor, and it's not even my fault. The mask is, like, angry looking. Like, I could be smiling under there, and it just looks violent. Uh, but uh, it was... It was it was a good time. I, I love that costume. I never wanted to take it off. I'm planning to wear it when I get out of here. Uh, and and uh, as soon as I get walk, my car walk back, the street. as soon as I get my car back, uh, since it's black, that'll be oh yeah, uh, yeah. And cruising around. Next thing you know, you're gonna see a couple of bat bat fins on both sides of his car. Maybe we could 3D print them. We could. We could. And hear them to my car. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right, my number five: Sting versus the NWO. If you were a wrestling fan in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was no better rivalry in wrestling than one man, Sting, versus an entire group of, of legacy wrestlers. Uh, uh, the Wolfpack, uh, uh, X-Pac, uh, well, no, he was, uh, what was he in WCW? He wasn't X-Pac. Um, anyway, the, uh, Kevin Nash, uh, Razor Ramon, Hulk Hogan, um, just a whole team of people versus versus Sting, and uh, that that was the the start of the whole thing where he dropped from the ceiling. He randomly showed up with baseball bats and just beat the hell out of all of them. Huh. But dude, it was every week. It was like, where's Sting gonna pop up? How's he gonna beat the NWO? The crazy thing about that is, it's like every every pay per view following that, it was Sting versus Hulk Hogan, and every single time Hogan won. And I just got so angry. Like, I'm surprised I didn't break some TVs. It was like, how is Hogan winning? Huh. Like, how can Sting take on five of them at once, but he can't beat Hogan by himself? It's, this makes no sense. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I just love that period in wrestling. It was during the Attitude Era. It was WCW, probably at the best it had ever been. Um, and and I, I loved it. Uh, Blake, you're number four. Number four, Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty. Yes. Uh, I mean, I love the Robert Downey Jr. You know, the two movies there. Uh, I really hope they do some more. I mean, I think they're supposed to be making a third one. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Even the books, uh, even the TV shows, uh, even the cartoons. I don't know. I've, I've always loved that rivalry. It was always a, uh, I don't know. I've always been a big Sherlock Holmes fan. And even, as y'all may not even like the movie, but when they threw Moriarty in uh, Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen as the big main villain. I yeah. loved that. Uh, I, I love both of those characters and what they've always done with them. Okay. So I just I want to say this. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is an awful movie. Hold on. Let me let me finish what I'm saying. Okay. Can I finish? Yep. Can I finish? Please. No. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is an awful film. It is so poorly made. I love that movie. Do you? It was so bad that it ended that 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 uh Sean Connery Stop making films afterwards because of the the critical panning and reception that it got. That being said, I think it's great. I love it. I love that it is a terrible film <laughs> and fun. It doesn't have to be an Oscar caliber movie for me to like it. It sucks. I just love it's the whole idea made. of it. All it's these so classic, fun to watch. All these classic characters brought together as a back in the day Avengers team almost. Yes. I mean, all these classic characters. I mean, the Invisible Man, Dorian Gray. Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, I don't know. It is so different from the comics that you can't. It, calling it "Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen" didn't do any. It, it did it a disservice because you're comparing really? it to something that is one of the best written comics of all time hmm. against this movie that is just hot garbage. That doesn't mean it's not fun to watch. Right? Like National Treasure is a shit movie, but it's fun to a watch. Blast to watch. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, Willy's Wonderland. Not good by any standard. Not a good film. But Nicolas Cage at his finest. So good. Mm. I love it. Um, and, and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I will trash the film, how it was made, everything. <laughs> but the concept and how it was done, like it's still fun to watch. I don't mm. have any complaints about that. I will watch it over and over and over and over again. It's got a great cast. It's mm. fun. Um, the actors are great. I love the scenes in it. Tom Sawyer is probably my favorite character from special the movie. Special Agent Sawyer? Yes. Yeah. Special <laughs> Agent Sawyer. I, lo- I, I love watching the movie. I just don't yeah. think it's a good movie. Skinner, close your one at all timers. My boot up your arse. <laughs> I, I, I love that whole movie. Yeah. Uh, Heather, what we got in chat? Katrina's number four is Michael Scott versus Toby. <laughs> Toby, uh, you are useless. Dude, I hate Toby. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Mike's number four is normal guy taking out the trash versus garbage day. Garbage yeah. day. <laughs> so good. Ben's number four is Rick versus Negan. Dude, uh, Negan, both in the, like, I think that uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a great casting for Negan. He was a fan of the character. So he's a great to actor. Play him, getting to play him in the show was probably one of the only saving graces the show has had since maybe season four. Yeah. Um, but Negan in the comics is is a force to be reckoned with. He is incredible uh, and, and a great redemption arc, like, um, in that he never really changes they just kind of accept that he's kind of what the world needs at that point um, and uh, becomes a, a part of the team, really. Um, and I, I think they did that in the show, too, right? Yeah. Like, he's joined them now? Yeah. Um, in the movie, they put him in prison, and he befriends Carl. And, or in the movie. In the, t- in the comic, he, they put him in, like, a prison cell, and then they, he befriends Carl, and then they end up, like, letting him out, and he joins everybody. But he never really changes. He just starts working for them as opposed to against them. Mm. And it's kind of like, well, what are you going to do? Uh, but yeah so Negan Negan's an amazing character Uh, probably not as good as Rick Grimes in the comic but a breath of fresh air compared to Rick Grimes Grimes in the show right Taylor's number four is his hair versus the humidity I can believe that dude your hair is legendary my guy your hair is legendary. If we can get Sasquatch to come to Conference of the Unknown, which I don't know if that's going to happen or not, I would love to get uh, Taylor Burton and Sasquatch next to each other. Both uh, playing the sax. Both playing the saxophone, <laughs> yes. Um, that would be amazing. That's all of them. Oh. So Benedict Cumberbatch uh, is probably my favorite Sherlock against Moriarty kind of scenario. It, mm-hmm. was, it was really well done in that show, so... Um, but Katrina said Benedict Cumberbatch is her favorite Sherlock, and I totally agree. Uh, League is only actor. slightly worse than the CGI from the Scorpion King. Dude, Scorpion oh, King. Oh, my God. That's it, so bad. I, I don't know if anybody else is feeling this, um, but I feel like Scorpion King and uh, Black Adam are going to be like in the same vein. Like, oh. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of the same. Well, actually, Scorpion King CGI wasn't as bad as the Scorpion King in The Mummy 2. Right. That was bad. I mean, that was like watching a PS1. The Rock's acting, the Rock's acting debut where he didn't get any lines. And yeah. Was just in a... That was like watching a PS1 video game inserted into a movie. <laughs> I mean, it was so it's bad. pretty bad. Yeah. For sure. All right. My number four. Uh, this one comes from the world of Avatar The Last Airbender. It is Aang, the Avatar, versus Prince Zuko, Prince of the Fire Nation. Now, if you've uh, watched seasons one through three of Avatar The Last Airbender, you know that... Zuko starts out as Aang's enemy, and he is almost unstoppable. He's relentless, and he is chasing Aang across the world. And by the end, he has joined their team. But that rivalry is so... 
Sorry, everyone. That rivalry is so incredible from beginning to end. I just love it. Hmm. Um, And there's a reason people are still talking about Avatar almost 10 years, uh, 15 years after the show has ended. It is just an exceptionally amazing animation. Yes. It's an Amerime. Mm -hmm. I've never watched it. Dude, you got to watch it. Really? Yes. Dude, you got to watch. Some ball-headed kid with the arrow on his yes. head, right? Yep. It is so good. Like, like it transcends that idea of like children's cartoons and and just good really? television. It's just good television. Like, it doesn't matter what the the format was or how what the medium huh. was. It's just good. Beginning to end, it's just good. So Ben says that uh, Black Adam is going to be incredible. Doctor Fate is going to be so cool. So in theory. I, I would like to agree with him. Yes. But it being in the theory. DCU, we just never freaking know. In theory, it's going to be a perfect film. In theory, yeah. it's going to be the, would... the movie that Justice League should have been. In theory, we're going to get an amazing version of the Justice Society. In I theory, hope it blows us away. All these characters does. are going to be incredible and well done and well made. <laughs> it's going to make sense. There's going to be no pacing issues. The plot is going to be amazing. The script is going to be amazing. There's just one factor. Yeah, what's that? They don't have Kevin Foggy. That's, well, it's true. <laughs> the, the reality of it is that... What they really are are hoping for is decent. Right. <laughs> if they just make they just want decent, mediocre. <laughs> yeah. If they could just make a decent film, that'd be great. And if they they do that, I'm already just gonna be like, oh my god, give it the Oscar for best film ever. It's, I'm just gonna be blown away. Mm. But the odds of that happening are pretty slim. True. So who are we on? Uh, we are on my we are number on three. You, Would, Blake, yeah. give us your number three. Number yeah. three, uh, longtime friendship slash uh, enemies or rivals, uh, Xavier Magneto. Uh, I love that. I mean, there's there's such a uh, debacle there between them two, where you know they 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 love each other, but they they hate what each other stand for and their visions that are so opposite. Uh, and and uh, to me, that's what that's what makes a great rivalry between them two is knowing their friendship at a young age, uh, even into their older years, knowing that their love and their care that they do have for each other, but yet they still stand so firm and both their beliefs are complete opposite of each other that they they just have so many great battles and so many great moments uh, throughout cinema, throughout uh, animation that you just really can't. And there's not too many rivalries you can compare to their to their uh, rivalry and their friendship and uh, and I don't know it, yeah, the, I love it. The characterization of uh, Professor X being functionally uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and Magneto being Malcolm X um, mm. for the mutant community, right. but them existing and being side by side and having known each other, whereas Malcolm X and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. weren't really that close. Um, the idea that Magneto started off as just your base villain, like. He's just a bad guy, foiled to the X-Men, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, the evolution of that character from being just kind of like this laughable villain who's like the villain of the week for the comics to being this mentor, teacher, fellow X-Man, but still always walking this line of right. like his version of the future and Charles's version of the future don't coincide. Like on a long enough timeline, they are always going to come up against each other. Right. Um, and those, those two standing side by side competing to save their race to, to make the world better for mutants and by any means necessary in Magneto's case and with uh, Professor X by turning the other cheek um, it, it, they're 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 neither are inherently wrong you know yeah well, I'm sorry uh, no go ahead <laughs> comically inclined stream versus the internet yeah. uh, <laughs> But yeah, that's. I think that that's one of the the coolest and, for lack of a better term, evolutions of mm. of, of a character's relationship is is the Magneto and uh, Professor X. And then you get real life um, 
Magneto and Professor X, Patrick Stewart and right. Sir Ian McKellen, or Sir Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian McKellen, uh, being real life best friends right. from the X Men films. And uh, when when Sir Patrick Stewart got married, Sir Ian McKellen was the one that performed his his marriage. Oh, uh, really? I yes, didn't know that. They're just That's great. They're the best of friends. I, I love the portrayal also of McAvoy and uh, Fassbender. I mean, I, it's I, good I, too. Yeah, both of them, both the young and the old. You don't and you don't get that on too many movies. You know, usually you have people who really lean more towards the older actors of a version or the younger actors. And literally, to me, I mean, it's it's equal comparison. Like both both did phenomenal. Yes, I, I agree completely. Uh, Heather, what do we got in the chat? Mike's number three is Gohan versus Cell. Gohan versus Cell, the Cell saga from Dragon Ball Z. Gohan was um, evolving from the original Dragon Ball uh, Z uh, 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 Saiyan arc all the way to the Cell arc. He went from being this crybaby little kid to being the strongest character in the Dragon Ball Z universe. And whenever he finally defeats Cell after his father dies, it is such a, a, you feel like you've earned it. You feel like you've earned it alongside him. Um, and it's, it's incredible. There's a reason that the Cell saga is going to go down in history as one of the greatest arcs in all of anime. Hmm. Ben's number three is Goku versus Vegeta. 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 So Goku versus Vegeta. Um, yes, that is that. That's still going. That's an ongoing thing. Uh, they're they're constantly competing for who can be the strongest, the best fighter um, it, it, out of all of the entire uh, multiple universes. Um, and and again, just very similar to Gohan versus Cell. This is this is uh, started out as enemies, then frenemies, hmm. then you know uh, rivals forever. I also do not know how to pronounce the, the Bottlers versus Count <laughs> Olaf. So that is um, from a uh, series of unfortunate events, uh, both mm. the Jim Carrey movie and then the Netflix series with. Here I uh, am over here thinking that Patrick you know, Harris Olaf well, frozen became a count somewhere. I didn't know really. No, 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 no. You know, like an Olaf vampire or something. Uh huh. No, 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 no. Definitely right, a series of unfortunate he, events. He, the carrot went from a nose to carrots' teeth. So Count Olaf <laughs> pretends to be their uncle in an effort to win their to get their family's fortune, and then uh, it, book after book, he turns out to be the villain. But none of the adults can see him for what he is. Just the children. Um, but series of unfortunate events is a great series. Uh, I love the movie, the the original movie. My number three. I, uh, they are known as the world's finest, but they also have one of the greatest rivalries in all of history: Batman versus Superman. Uh, uh, now, I'm not talking about the movie uh, where you know just shouting uh, Batman's name is enough to shut him down. I'm talking about the uh, the the. Almost centuries-long argument of who would win in a fight between Batman and Superman. Uh, and there's, you know, it's pretty divided. It's, it's very similar to the Goku versus Superman. It just depends on who you're a fan of, really. Um, it, you'll find very few Batman stands who will say it's Superman. You'll find very few Superman fans who will say that it's Batman. But I think at the end of the day, the important thing is that we all agree that it's going to be Batman. Uh, <laughs> no, Blake. What's your number two? Uh, number two, Anakin versus Obi Wan. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's something we've seen once again. We've seen the longevity of these characters. I mean, if you want to go in longevity of our lifetime, you know, from the seventies up to now. I mean, currently, just here recently. Uh, but then, if you want to go through the movies, I mean, we see this. We see this uh, character build and rivalries and friendship uh, and mentorship. From a you know a, a child's life up until their death when they're an old person, uh, so to me that that seeing a uh, 
a journey like that on on friendship, on mentorship to rivalry, uh, just really impacts people and leaves a greater, bigger impact uh, than just you know, oh, here's a good guy and bad guy that are going to fight each other. So I, I really long like the longevity uh, relations of these. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the first time we saw somebody ignite a lightsaber and fight against someone else with a lightsaber was Obi-Wan and, and uh, Darth Vader. It was. Yes. Very first lightsaber fight. Yes. yes. And uh, and it that single visual was enough to propel Star Wars from the late 70s to 2022. Right. And we're still fantasizing about two people wielding laser swords against yep. each other. Probably one of the longest running... Yeah, I mean, honestly, yes, and 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 there's not a child in the world who doesn't at some point pick up a broomstick and go. This is true. <laughs> if you said you never had, you're lying. Yeah, you're a liar. If you didn't put, you know, you know what always made me really angry. You know how you could like stack markers on top of each other. Yes. And so you like put three or four and try to make a sword, <laughs> and then you swing it and fall yeah. apart, and you'd be like. I, w- I wish they'd stay together. That'd yeah. be fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think there's there's a, a child alive who hasn't tried that. Um, and then Ben says, uh, Danny hates Superman. I don't know why he sits there and lies to the people like this. Everything <laughs> Superman, Danny hates. Uh, and while Ben is the fact checker, in 99.9999% of the time, he is absolutely right on this one. He's wrong. I don't hate Superman. <laughs> uh, it just depends on the version of Superman I and, and the writers, honestly. Or the, uh, co- or the cosplayer. <laughs> or the cosplayer, for sure. <laughs> Heather, what do we have in the chat? Right. Mike's number two is the trailer park boys, Mr. versus Mr. Leahy. Oh, the trailer park boys versus Mr. Leahy and Randy. Uh, Mr. Leahy is the alcohol. Uh, (laughs) I love what I have seen of trailer park boys. I'm not current, but what I've seen of trailer park boys, I really enjoy. And Mr. Leahy is a legend, an absolute Mm -hmm. legend. What else we got? Uh, Katrina's number two is the doctor versus Missy. Missy is my favorite version of the Master from the Doctor Who uh, series. Uh, she's and and actually Michelle Rodriguez, the actor that plays uh, uh, Missy on the show, has a hilarious TikTok channel. I, I enjoy her quite a bit. Ben's number two is Robert Andier versus Alfred Borden, The Prestige. Oh, I love that movie. I've still not seen it. Oh my Ooh. god. I've not seen The that. Prestige and The Illusionist came out around roughly around the same time, mm-hmm. and both of them are phenomenal movies. But The Prestige is amazing. Uh, that's with Hugh Jackman, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman and uh, Christian Bell. Is that right? Is it? I thought it was. No. It's uh, Edward Norton and Christian Bale, isn't it? No, it's Edward Norton and Christian Bale. So this one's Hugh Jackman's in this one, right? Or is okay. it this one? No, Hugh Jackman's in Illusionist. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ben, help me out there. Which one's in The Illusionist? Which one's in The Prestige? I know they're very similar. And and what's the um, what's the Jim Carrey one where it's him and uh, uh, it's a, it's a similar movie, but they're Vegas magicians. Oh, I don't know this. It's Jim Carrey and he hangs out in like a glass box. Yes, yeah. I was right. Prestige is Jackman and Bill. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I haven't seen it. But The Illusionist is Edward Norton and, and uh, is it Mark Ruffalo? Paul Giamatti. No, Paul Giamatti's in it, but it's not. It's, uh, <laughs> this is fun. Who's in anyways. The Illusionist? Yeah, find out who's in The Illusionist. Who's the two in that? But it is Edward Norton and someone else. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> Taylor Burton's number two is Blake vs. the Sun. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. 
I do remember when you lost to the sun and got third degree burns oh, on your legs. Dude, I super <laughs> lost to the sun. I couldn't walk for six days. Mike, I picked up a broomstick and swept. It's a broom. That is a lie. You are a liar, good sir. I know for a fact you've at least swung a broomstick pretending it's a sword, if not a laser sword. My number two, uh, another anime fight for the ages, Naruto versus Sasuke. Uh, Wanderlust, uh, Jim Carrey and Steve Carell, yes. Uh, but anyway, Naruto versus Sasuke. If you are a fan of the Naruto series, that comes to its uh, ultimate end at the end of Naruto Shippuden. Um, and then I believe their rivalry kind of ends after that, but I'm not current on Baruto. But, uh, dude, it's so exciting. Both, both times that Naruto and Sasuke throw down in the series are hmm. incredible. Uh, Edward Norton and Aaron Taylor Johnson, is that... No, no. It's Edward Orton and someone else. It's not Aaron Taylor Johnson, though. The Illusionist? Yeah, The Illusionist. The Illusionist. I don't... I And, and I, I've not seen that either, so... It's, it's uh, a great movie as well. Blake, Jessica what is Bills your number one? Where's that voice come from? On that one. Uh, <laughs> number one is uh, Loki and Thor. I love their rivalry. Once again, I mean, you have a brotherly love, brotherly hate. Uh, they they care for each other. They're there for each other, but then they absolutely want to destroy each other. Mainly Loki wanted to destroy Thor, but uh, I love the Loki and Thor rivalry. I mean, I mean, it, it, we hear the stories and in the comics and in, in the movies we're talking about ever since a kid. I mean, ever since you know, yeah. Loki turned into a snake to scare the shit out. Loki of Loki knows I love snakes, right? <laughs> and he's like, Bleh! but anyways, uh, yeah, I love Loki and Thor rivalry. It's it's a great one, uh, age old that I think that's a huge fan. Look, it's it's survived thousands of years. Yes, this this rivalry um, and and continues to capture our imaginations. Mm. Heather, what do we got in the chat? Waiting for him to pop up. Uh, Katrina's oh, number on. one is there. Mr. McGonagall versus Umbridge. McGonagall versus Umbridge. Harry Potter. Uh, Umbridge, that pink bitch. Uh, <laughs> literally the worst human being to have ever existed in any form of fictional media or, or real media. It's, it's, uh, it's um, Hitler number two, Umbridge number one. Uh, so, uh, yes. And, uh, we've got Mordecai and Rigby and the park employees versus Garrett, Bobby Ferguson, senior, Gary, Bobby Ferguson, jr. And all the enemies of exit nine B regular show. So regular show has this really great habit of being weirdly, uh, silly and then incredibly, uh, fun and violent and, uh, and, and actiony. And that is one of those where it's just like, wow, that this just got amazing. He's a raccoon and a bluebird, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, I was right. Edward Norton, and Paul Giamatti. Well, apparently Aaron Taylor Johnson is in it as well. But oh, cool. Uh, Edward Johnson and Paul Giamatti, I think, were the two rivals in that. Rufus Sewell, most uh, famously known for being the villain in uh, Night's, Night's Tale. Tale. Yes. yes. But also Dark City, which is an incredible. Uh, movie. Uh, Taylor's number one is Ben versus Danny. We've already settled this. Danny wins all day long. But it's his favorite rivalry. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, who, just like Thor and Loki, and a a fight that will capture our imaginations for thousands of years. Uh, ben Stewart, the jolly green giant himself, against his uh, favorite older brother. And Ben starts out with a song. A tell as old as time. <laughs> Spider Man and the Green Goblin. Yes, um, Spider Man versus Green Goblin. It. it, it incredible it's oh yeah it never gets old you have batman versus the joker 
and Spider-Man versus Green Goblin. And I would say that they stand next to each other for two of the greatest rivalries uh, in existence. And in cinema, nobody can play Green Goblin ever like Willem Dafoe. Well, the great thing about Willem Dafoe is he doesn't require any makeup to look like the Green Goblin. Right. It's true. It's yeah. very true. It just uses his face. Yep. Yeah. And it's... He, That man plays like the perfect villain in anything. He just has that psychotic villain, natural look and acting. Villain or hero. You know, he's, he's basically hardly Where's he in... been a hero in? He's basically hardly in John Wick and still one of my favorite characters from that movie. I love him in uh, Boondock Saints. Yes. I there freaking love his character. Hero. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, Willem Dafoe is amazing. Such a yes. good actor. He's most famously the villain in Halloween Town. Who? Who? What? What? What are you talking about? If only needs to be a Joker before he dies. I dude, think he'd play a so hell of good. a Joker. If they did the three Jokers from the, the comics where there was a younger Joker and then, like, there was the comedian, the mass murderer, and then the clown prince of crime, mm. um, and Defoe played the, the harder, older Joker, dude, that'd be so good. Like, you could do, um, you could do, like, uh, um, Joaquin Phoenix, Defoe, and maybe some third actor who could play the Joker. Uh, I, I don't know that there's anybody still alive currently who would be able to do it, um, but maybe yeah. I don't know someone someone not um, a Jared Leto, but <laughs> someone. Uh, what is happening in Ben's comments? I don't know. Defoe, uh, Defoe, hero uh, and Aquaman. Yeah, he's, yeah he's he was. Aquaman. He was. I guess he was. Uh, yeah. Taylor cool, 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 cool. <laughs> My right. number one, uh, one of the one of the most fun rivalries for sure, Wolverine versus the Punisher. Um, every year, uh, they take turns in Marvel Comics, and uh, it either happens in Wolverine or in the Punisher. They fight each other, and depending on who's writing, then usually that character wins. But um, it has been going on for a long, long, long time. Uh, in in the Wolverine comics, that's where they showed that uh, uh, Punisher carries around a duffel bag full of. Uh, men's nudie mags uh, and he says he uses it as a motivation to work out uh, so he may he may be into dudes which is no judgment but it's just not something you expect to see out of the Punisher but uh, yeah so good Jeez. times he, he, he set Wolverine on fire one time just burned his, all the flesh off of his body just because he could it's nice uh, but they're they're incredibly fun all of the comics where they fight each other uh, Rufus Sewell I always thought looked like Robin Thomas in Halloween Town as Calabar definitely not the same guy no but I get, I get that you, you know, as a child, thought they looked similar. But anyway, this has been Top 5. So, so what, what do you think for next week? Uh, next week? Oh, yeah. Shh, crap. Forget about next week. Uh, man, Top 5. Oh, what about we do, like, a fictional, like, creatures? And I'm not talking about, like, dragons or something, but, like... Fictional creatures that we would love to have, like, as a pet that's not real. Fictional pets. It don't have to be a pet, I guess. I guess it could be any creature. I guess it could be something huge. But I don't know. What, I don't know. We don't do that. What? No, I want I want fictional pets. You want to do fictional pets? Let's do fictional pets. So next week for Top 5, okay. it is Top 5 Fictional Pets. My my wife has the Punisher in her drawer. Jesus Christ, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Oh, so, what do you think about Ms. Marvel? So, Ms. Marvel had its series or season finale yes. today. Dude, uh, best episode to me. I think it's the best episode of the whole series. It was not Loki good. 
No, um, oh, no. at all. No. But uh, it was good. Once one it big spoiler. It at least spoiler. was good. It was one, at least a good ending. The best spoiler, or the best thing about the whole thing was... Dude, so before we get to that, if, if you are a fan of... Uh, if you're a fan of the Home Alone films, there is like a scene that is basically just Home Alone with a bunch of high schoolers. Um, that if you can ex- suspend belief yeah. for a minute and believe that they're taking down... Uh, DODC? Yeah, if they're, that they're taking down Special Forces soldiers <laughs> pretending to be Kevin from uh, uh, Home Alone, then yeah, it's fun. Uh, so you kind of have to do that. You kind of have to... I mean, they were they were firing non-lethal rounds, and it's fine. But uh, So that was kind of fun. That was, that was enjoyable. Um, I didn't hate it. No, I did. No, out of the whole season, though, I, I mean, I think it's the best episode. I would say that episode six of Miss Marvel was better than all of the Shazam movie. I can agree with that. Perfect. Thank you. I can't agree with uh, that. I had a good time with that. Uh, uh, ben says Jai Wolf, Indian Summer, playing Almost Had Me in Tears. I'm not familiar with the song. Yeah, I'm not either. I just know he thought that's what I was talking about earlier today, and that's not what I was talking no. about. <laughs> so we get the end of the episode. Uh, before the post credit scenes. Mm. We get the end of the episode. Uh, spoilers if you haven't seen episode six of Miss Marvel. But we get to the end of the episode. And Bruno is telling uh, Kamala that her DNA is different than the rest of her family. It's like a week later after it ends. E- even though they have clandestine yes. uh, DNA, uh, everyone on her, her mother's side, I guess, um, her DNA is just a little different still. Right. Uh, she has a mutation. And they and, use that exact word. Yes. And yeah. as he says, mutation, what happens, Blake? Yes. We get the ninth, the X-Men 97 theme song playing it over the top Second of Second the- time in the MCU, we've yes. got to hear that music play. Yes. And they know what they're doing. Oh, my God. So, I just can't help but wonder what they're doing. Well, we know kind of what they're doing, but I really want to know where they're going with this. So... In the Marvel comics, Kamala is an Inhuman. Right. Um, now, obviously, uh, they ruined the Inhumans with ABC. Right. And while they did feature Black Bolt in Multiverse of Madness from that Inhuman mm-hmm. show, um, they're still staying away from the Inhumans. So they Nobody really cares about Inhumans. That's fine. So uh, back before the, uh, the MCU really kicked off with, with this stuff, and before they got the rights to the mutants back, they tried to use the Inhumans as a version of the mutants. Right. Like it, they, they, they couldn't use the X-Men, so they would use the Inhumans, and they would launch something akin to that. And it didn't work. It failed miserably. The show was awful. Um, and now the uh, Kevin Feige and the rest of the MCU doesn't want to touch the Inhumans with a 10-foot pole. So one of the best things to come out of this is that they are now considering Kamala a mutant instead of an Inhuman. And this is a great fi- change. Finally, this is actually in the MCU on 616 that this is the very first time ever that we are actually getting our real introduction to mutants. And I'm going to be honest with you. I almost thought Wakanda Forever was going to be our first introduction to mutants. But this legitimately, I mean, is our first introduction yeah. to the MCU on 616 for mutants. This predates Namor. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Namor will probably pre-exist. Sure, um, sure. I mean, our uh, first but mention. This is our first, first mention. In the 616 yes. MCU mutant on yep. screen, which is amazing. Uh, GGA Network, 
Uh, we met you guys in Chicago. So great to see you in the yes. chat. Thanks for showing up. We appreciate you. And then we also finally get to see Kamala uh, in her full, I always say full, but a lot more powers where we actually get to see the complete body and limbs fully yes. grow, which I, I loved it. Like Ben just said in the chat, and Biggin. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, like, I mean, I know they changed slightly her power source and what she looks like with her powers, but I loved it. I think they did really well with it. Yes. I like what they're doing, and I love how she's finally, like, we got to see more of that instead of just a big fist or, you know, some globs thrown out there. Yeah. Uh, that was really nice to see. So, better than two full seasons of Iron Fist and never actually seeing Danny Rand be the Iron Fist, <laughs> we actually get to see Kamala Khan be herself by the end of her first season. Right. Which is amazing. It was so good when so she good. said in Biggin, she had these stretched legs, stretched yes. arms, big fist, and she was using her full bevy of powers on screen. Right. It's like, yes, finally, this is amazing. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoy the the kind of crystallized, crystalline powers yep. that she's using as opposed to just being able to stretch like Reed Richards. And it, I, I understand them avoiding that comparison. And uh, where, where do you think Kamaran went? I think that Kamran will be back. Um, he's obviously he's in pa Pakistan. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's going to come back as a villain, inherent like I think so too. eventually. Right. Um, I, think, have... I think Red Dagger's coming back. I think because right. he's he's also from the the Miss Marvel comics. Um, uh, GGA Network asked, "Do you think they'll in ignore Inhumans altogether somehow?" I don't. I, I don't. I, I, I don't. I, I, I'm a, my personal opinion on this. I think that. Kevin Feige will just not even mention Inhumans. I don't think we'll see Inhumans in the MCU. I think that's something they're just going to kind of leave to the wayside. And I could be wrong, but I, I really think that we have so much going on with the Celestials, the Eternals. Uh, we're now introducing mutants. Uh, we have the Enhanced. I mean, we have the alien, different aliens and stuff. I think the MCU's got so much going on for it and so much more to come that I don't even think they're going to even bother with Inhumans. I think that with the inclusion of Black Bolt and Multiverse of Madness, it tells us that we're probably going to get something Eternals-related eventually. Mm -hmm. Or not Eternals, Inhumans-related eventually. I think that we're probably like five years out before yeah. they feel like the stank has really right. wafted away and they can, they can reintroduce them. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's just my feelings on it, though. Uh, then, then at the very, very end, the post-credit scene, we get uh, she's in a room, and out of nowhere she just warps and the next thing you know, we have Brie Larson. Yeah, Danvers uh, is back. Right, and uh, you can tell she—that's not she didn't turn into Brie Larson. She literally uh, swapped places with her because she's super confused, looking all over the bedroom where she's at. And she takes off. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see. Actually, I wonder where she actually uh, trades places with her at. So I wonder if she's on like a sword station. If she's with, uh, oh, if that would be with cool. With Samuel Nick Fury. Jackson's yeah. Nick Fury. Maybe she's the one took his shoes. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, that could be. She uh, she she could have learned from the sneaker thief from right. episode three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she yeah, was the... the sneaker thief the whole time. Oh no! <laughs> it was a it was a a, a misdirect. It was all actually Kamala <laughs> the whole time. Um, but dude, I also want to say Brie Larson looked incredible. That was such no, a good. That I was my that favorite costume. look of Brie Larson. Yeah, I, I would say. You know, and I feel like if she looked like that, you know, with her hair and her costume and everything, I think maybe she could portray the 
Captain Marvel better. But uh, yeah, GGA Network said, uh, in the middle of a battle, I really hope she didn't trade places with her in the middle of a battle because she's not that experienced yet, even though she did you know, excel a little bit more toward that last episode because I feel like that poor girl would probably die. The power <laughs> difference between uh, Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel oh is so vast yeah. that, yeah, she'd, she'd, be, she'd be smoked. I tell like, you who I am ready to see a lot more of and see a lot more evolution of, and that's Photon. Monica Rambeau, I want to see more of her character. Yeah, I want to see Blue Marvel. Okay. Um, I want to yep. see Blue Marvel on screen. It's it's another it's another Marvel version of Superman, um, but I would love to see him on on there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this last episode. Uh, I'm, I'm wasn't completely let down like we have in the past. Uh, like I said, to me, it was the best episode of the uh, season. Mike uh, Megas XLR, I believe, was just its own standalone thing. I don't think that was ever a comic. Um, speaking of uh, properties that are getting live action movies, though, did you know that they're, they're they've got a rumor that they're making a live action Big Hero Six movie that will yes. be, take place in the MCU? I hope so. I love. I'm Baymax. really pumped about that. I freaking love Baymax and the yeah. whole uh, hero. So, like, I love all of that. Well, like Big Hero Six was originally a Marvel comic, right? And, right. And then, well, I mean, you have if you watch the, the cartoon, you have the movie. yeah. If you watch the movie, I mean, you have the Marvel logo before it come on. Yeah, and Stan Lee's in it. Yep. And well, I'm gonna be honest cameo. with you, like until that came out and I watched it for the first time years ago, I actually never knew that was a Marvel product. Never knew that until uh, like that was on the beginning. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, I want to see Beta Ray, but that's just too bad, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, dude, you know what would be really cool is if we get Beta Ray introduced in the Hulk movie instead of the Thor She Hulk? No, no, like they're doing a standalone oh, the, uh, yeah. Hulk movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if that's when we get Beta Ray. We're supposed though. to be getting more closer on the Hulk movie, like a World War Yeah, uh, they're, Hulk. they're aiming more towards like a World War Hulk. Yep. Um, which with the introduction of an Illuminati, not necessarily the 616 Illuminati, it's right. entirely possible that we will then get a new Illuminati who doesn't understand and has not learned from the mistakes of the... 838 Illuminati and uh and pisses Hulk off which good times you know oh yeah I'm ready for it uh and and just like uh the season of Miss Marvel is done uh Blake are you done god no yeah me neither all right good Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Are You Done? So this week we have uh, probably one of the fights I'm the most excited about. Uh, <laughs> Taskmaster, the uh, ability thief himself, the guy who can mimic anyone else's uh, special abilities and combat skills versus... No, he can mimic their... Anyways, go ahead. Versus Deathstroke. Uh, the <laughs> Deathstroke, the Terminator uh, of DC Comic Canon. Uh, Blake, can you tell us what we're doing here? Yeah, uh, we're going to go back and forth. I'm going to tell Danny how my guy's better and uh, his sucks. And you, the fans, are going to agree with me and vote for me in the comments. Uh, we're actually going to go a minute head-to-head, or I mean a minute apiece, uh, talking about our character, kind of give you the backstory, talking about the uh, powers that they have. Then we're going to go two minutes head-to-head, arguing, cutting each other off. And then at the end of the, toward the end, we're going to get 30-second rebuttal, no interruptions. And then as we are actually going through uh, talking about our characters, we need you, the fans, to do the wow emoji in the comments for Deathstroke if you feel like he's winning. Or Taskmaster, or Taskmaster uh, if you know he's losing, then just don't comment the laughing emoji at all. But <laughs> if you do feel like he's winning, do the laughing emoji in the comments, please. And at the end of the times, you will hear the sidle button. Oh. 
saying shut up nerd Lindsay seidel recorded that for us at uh cape anime con such if a you lovely hand person that to heather please yes. heather is moderating this week so uh everyone say hi to heather hi heather hi. she's in her little corner over there um heather whenever you're ready i'll take my first minute uh, so Taskmaster a, is a um, very similar to Deadpool. He was a mercenary for hire who gained the ability to mimic anyone else's physical abilities. So he can throw a shield like Captain America. He can um, he can like he's got a perfect photographic memory. So if he sees somebody do something, he can then mimic it. He can swing like Spider Man. Um, he's as acrobatic as Captain America. He can fight like Black Panther. So physically, he can he 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 can manipulate his body to do pretty much what anybody else can do and once he sees it he can he can retain that and continue to do it so all he has to do is watch how you fight and then he can fight just like you but not only can he fight like you he can also fight like spider-man he can also fight like black panther so whenever you talk about a character like wade uh slade wilson who um is a trained combatant and can stand up to characters like batman um, he's only going to be able to use the skills that he is already trained in to fight against Taskmaster, while Taskmaster can fight just like some of the greatest fighters in the entire universe, including Shang-Chi, um, including characters that exist outside like Gamora. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and go. Well, unlike Taskmaster, uh, Deathstroke is actually very interesting and can do a lot more and is a lot better. Uh, Deathstroke is as strong as 10 men and can use 90% of his brain. Taskmaster cannot. He has a speed and reflexes quadruple to anybody else. Yeah, sure, Taskmaster can sit there and copycat anybody's skills, but you know what he can't copycat? Their strength, their agility. All he can do is copycat their movements. And guess what? Some movements require strength, and if you can't mimic the strength, what good is those skills? So also, Deathstroke has even killed a god, Hephaestus, the weapon god of Olympus. Hephaestus. He has, uh, thank you. Uh, he has regenerative powers. Originally, Deathstroke is also known as the Terminator. Why? Because he would terminate somebody like Taskmaster easily. His abilities are through military experiment. He also has taken down every Justice League member. Do you hear that with Taskmaster? No, he can barely take down Black Widow, and sometimes he struggles with that. Or she, depending on which version you're looking at. He is also the world's deadliest assassin. Time's up. <laughs> ready? Oh, we're ready. Go. So Deathstroke's the strongest ten men, huh? Yeah. Didn't save him from getting his ass kicked by Batman. By Batman? That's funny because he's defeated every Justice League member, which I'm sure Batman's included on. He's lost to Batman Oh, I didn't say repeatedly. Times. You know who else he's lost to? Dick what? Grayson, Robin. Who's Taskmaster lost to? Oh, yeah, Black Widow. Uh, oh, okay. Do you know uh, who Taskmaster has defeated in battle? De- Deadpool. Deadpool? Who Deadpool is That's a- cool. Did you know that Deadpool is actually an inspiration of Deathstroke? Because Deathstroke's way better than Deadpool. Yes, yeah, so Deadpool so therefool, is... I mean, what, what are you even getting at? Deathstroke's bigger, better than Deadpool. That's who inspired Deadpool. So, yeah. I mean, you're, you're telling me that someone lesser than Deathstroke, uh, Taskmaster de- defeated. So where are you getting at? Someone, you think that Deadpool is lesser than Deathstroke? You think that in a Deadpool fight, was Death inspired Stroke from Deathstroke? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Deathstroke is—he's uh, the original super soldier yeah. in comics. Um, he, he, has, he does have do a you, healing ability. Do you know what Taskmaster's biggest fear is? Black Widow. Who do you fear more, Black Widow or Deathstroke? You can't Tell bring me. MCU okay. Taskmaster sure. into this argument. You, you, I'm you know what? You know what weakness Taskmaster has? Zero specialization. 
Deathstroke is nothing but specializes in so many things. When Taskmaster can just copycat, he has zero specialization. You know how many he, of his? How you many know what he can't replicate? Uh, a volatile. Taskmaster is lost. You know None. what he can't replicate? <laughs> you know who Deathstroke is? A terrible parent. You know what he you can't what replicate? Makes, a volatile <laughs> mind. Nothing who has a volatile for. mind? Deathstroke. Who? Ha- <laughs> I mean, you know, you, I, I just feel like this is a no-brainer. I mean, literally, he cannot duplicate strength. He can only copy. He doesn't need to duplicate skills. strength. All he has to do is outfight him. And guess who doesn't have sure. ten times uh, a man's strength as Batman? And he, Batman has defeated Taskmaster. Doesn't have ten many, times many, a man's strength. Many times. Who has ninety percent of his brain to use with that strength Batman's and skills? Fighting who specializes in skills and copycat skills? Deathstroke in the okay. same way right. that task that Batman has mm-hmm. and. Deathstroke right. has, all, has been defeated by the Teen Titans. I'm just Titans. saying, That's right. Black Widow or Deathstroke? Who, he's been taken who, down by a bunch of sidekicks. Your biggest fear is a... W- Dear God. Oh, wow. <laughs> there was a lot of reactions. Yeah. Uh, Heather, you're counting that. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen that many before. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right, 30 seconds. Go. So... Deathstroke, the worst parent in the history of comics, uh, can't even keep his own children alive, let alone himself. Uh, Secondly, uh, Taskmaster has the ability to copy Deathstroke's moves entirely, and uh, Batman's, and Superman's, and everyone else in the DC Universe. Uh, Deathstroke has been defeated by a bunch of snot-nosed teenagers uh, who live uh, in a tower and eat cheeseburgers all day. Uh, he's really no threat to Taskmaster, who has taken down some of the greatest fighters in Marvel uh, history. Ready? Yep. Go. Once again, enough said. 30 seconds is plenty. He has taken down every Justice League member. Literally the world's deadliest assassin. He was a member of the Suicide Squad. What's the Suicide Squad do? Go out and do things that the regular people, superheroes, can't do. And people like Taskmaster, who fears Black Widow. One of his biggest fears is Black Widow. Deathstroke literally saved Bill Clinton's life in the comics. He's also the inspiration of Deadpool, who everybody loves. And I mean, you can't even come close to that with Taskmaster. Also, his suit is so durable and it charges every time he moves. So who won? Uh, you guys get to decide. So this will be going up on our socials uh, next week, and then uh, you guys can vote as much and as often as you like. We will tally the votes, and we'll give you the results two weeks from now. Uh, Blake, are you done? For now. I should have given you Taskmaster. <laughs> uh, next week for Are You Done? Uh, let's see. Who you think? Let's do Loki. Okay. Since I'm looking at your shirt. Loki versus... Uh, what do you think? Like uh, Loki versus Etrigan. I don't know who that is. Can I do Loki? Yeah, you can have Loki. Thanks. I'll do Etrigan. I'm, what, what's Etrigan? Etrigan's a rhyming demon from uh, DC Comics. Okay. Uh, he's uh, Jason Blood in his human form, and then he changes to the demon Etrigan. Hmm. Yeah. Is it even comparable? Uh, I think that I think they both get up to some mischief. I think that uh, I think it'll work. I think it's gonna be a good one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, tell us in the chat. Do you think uh, Etrigan versus Loki would be a good uh, good? Are you done, uh, guys? I think that's about us. We're uh, we're a little over our uh, hour and a half mark. Um, I just want to say thank you guys for being here for the show. We appreciate yes. each and every one of you. Um, if you get a chance. Uh, Get a ticket to Conference of the Unknown coming up August 5th, 6th, and 7th. It's going to be great. At the Drury Conference Center. That is a um, 
extraterrestrial uh, ghost and uh, cryptid uh, con that we are putting on, uh, along with Cape Events. Um, it's going to be a great time. We got some great stuff uh, planned for the panel. Twelve um, huge speakers. Yes, uh, we will be doing. We will also be de- there doing our live show. Uh, oh, really? We'll be there doing their live show, um, and Otaku Cast will also be doing a live show on stage there. We also have a radio serial that we're putting on uh, that our head writer and um, head of publishing, uh, Brianna Bright, has written. Um, which I've been at a lot of the practices. This is going to be so fun. Mm. Um, we've got full like foley artists and everything. Um, uh, we are also uh, we have some other great guests that will be here for the show. Um, if you are a fan of our show, we have some exclusive content that we put only on our Patreon. If you would like to see that, including our video of us doing our show live on the at Fan Expo Chicago, um, for only five dollars, you can get into our Patreon and get a chance to watch that. Um, we have. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our patrons at the shout out level, uh, Mike Casey. Uh, we always appreciate you. Thanks for being in the yep. chat tonight, Mike. Taylor Burton, man, we we hate doing the show without you. It's glad, I'm glad to see you back. Hell yeah. And Keaton New. Uh, one of our longtime supporters and friends. Uh, thank you guys so much. Yes, Mike, you can do a show there. Um, uh, if you uh, if you're interested in any of the things we've talked about on the show tonight, you can also check out the links in our show notes. They will take you to that as well as the um, the link to buy Shepherd and the Horn Girl by Brianna Bright and Fireball Teen Superhero by Rose Roach. Um, if you have a question you would like to ask us and you'd like us to address it on the show, you can always go to the contact us page on our website, comicallyinclined.com, and uh, we will uh, field your question live on air. Um, and also, if you're consuming this media in any way, shape, or form, be it the audio podcast or the video or the live show, um, leave us a rating, a review, uh, whatever it is on whatever you're watching it. Thumbs up on uh, YouTube. Uh, give us a like, follow, share, all of that. We appreciate you guys. Um, because if you're making the show better, uh, then you're helping yourself. Um, I want to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors. Ken's Comic Man out of uh, Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Um, yep. That is an incredible nerd shop. If you get a chance to get down there, they've got a little bit of everything, be it uh, movies, swag, merch, uh, tabletop games, pops, action figures, Magic the Gathering, Dungeons & Dragons accessories. Uh, they're incredible. They do a lot of tournaments. They do a ton of Magic the Gathering tournaments. Uh, also, Perkins Performance, our vinyl company, they take care of uh, all of our vinyl needs. Um, we appreciate them. Drop the Mike DJ service. Mike has been in the comments all night. He is our audio uh, consultant and also the head of our video game department. Um, if you get a chance, hop in any of our game streams, including Mike's retro recap that he does on Thursdays and Sundays. Picture what designs they are, our graphic design and uh, video consulting team. Um, they're the reason our show looks so incredible. Uh, check them out on Facebook. Uh, picture what they can do for you. Monster Tattoo, Aaron Thurman, good friend of the show. Um, we He is also the artist on our Kidos the Spearman uh, comic book series that we're working on. Lennox and Jude Photography, an incredible photography studio and sponsors since very early on in our uh, history. Blake Hickman Construction, can't do the show without those guys. We're literally in the house that Blake built. Uh, and the Rock and Roll Drive-In. If you want to see our faces on the Purcell Tire big screen, go to the Rock and Roll Drive-In in Chaffee, Missouri, and they will take care of you. Also, unfortunately, I have some sad news. Our good friend, Johnny Thurman, um, a close friend of the show, and the uh, he's my tattoo artist, um, passed away 
last Thursday evening um, in an automobile accident. Um, and uh, they we have a GoFundMe going for his wife and kid. Um, it, uh, we will link that on our socials. Um, if you get a chance, please check that out. Donate if you can. We appreciate it. Also, Johnny created... Uh, Johnny created a welcome to comically inclined image for us for our merch. Um, Never been seen before. That we have not released yet, but we are going to be putting that on stickers and T-shirts, and uh, we're putting up our merch store here pretty quickly. Every dollar spent on that merch is going to go to Johnny's family. Um, So we will not keep any of that for ourselves. Every bit of that goes to Johnny's widow and his daughter. Um, So if you can, uh, get yourself a new comically inclined shirt and help that family out as well. Um, that is us for the evening. Blake, do you have anything for the nice people? I think you covered it. All right, guys. Well, you know what? We'll catch you next time. We love you.